Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to level up. Come on. A weekly look at esports news and gaming on ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Now here's your host, Alex Lahue. I think the Stranger Kids things would like this episode because it's 11. Ha! There's the dad joke of the episode. My name's Alex Lehu, and we got a lot. I mean, we actually do have a lot to cover this week on Level Up. Was everyone's Halloween good? Mine was pretty good. I enjoyed myself. Watched Stranger Things, a lot of it. Had to enjoy some games, have some reviews coming up. We're going to have one actually this week. Not on the episode. It's going to be a separate podcast. But I've completed Wolfenstein. I have my thoughts on it. I don't know if Nazis are going to like it, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Nazis are taking L's left and right every day now. I kind of love it. Actually, it's not kind of. I do love it. But let's get into some esports news here. All right. So, let's quickly go over Smash Brothers, because there actually was some Smash Brothers things this weekend. Uh, the MK Leo Saga, yes, there's an actual tournament named after a player, uh, took place over the weekend. This is the last major Smash tournament until World Finals. Tweak uh, defeated Ken. Tweak was Bayonetta. Ken was Sonic. Ken is known as one of the best Sonic players in the world, uh, but Tweak got him 3-1. to one. But MK Leo. This is your old tournament, and you finished third. How do you finish third in your own tournament? I don't get it. How do you finish third in your own tournament? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, how do you finish third? There's no other better way to put it. You blew it! All right, all right, let's move on. All right, so let's go over to Tekken 7 real quickly because Aiden, Aiden, I I can't read. It's a weird spelling of his name, but his name is Blackbeard. He came in the Paris Games Week as the 51st player in the Tekken 7 leaderboards in Europe. He jumped up big time because he made it to the finals of this tournament. And while he didn't win... Boy, we might have a star on our hands here because this dude had a creative celebration every single time he won. And oh my God, was it fun to watch. It was like, it's like watching the Steelers. He had something for every single time. He had a posse that would come up and celebrate with him. Sometimes he just did it himself. Ugh, I love it. I love it. We need more of this in esports. We're going to talk about what esports needs a lot more of throughout this episode, but that's something we need more of. We need more stars that are camera, you know, they're ready for the camera. They basically, they go up to the camera, they have a celebration ready, they're fun to watch. I want to see more of that. So, all right. Uh, Before we get into the league finals, there's a lot to go over with Overwatch, because as we all know, 
The Overwatch World Cup was over the weekend. As you can imagine, uh, South Korea destroyed. Surprise, surprise. Uh, they just killed. And it wasn't even close. And that team is going to be in the Overwatch League, which makes it a little scarier. Uh, they have a 17-year-old. I forget the dude's name off the top of my head. This dude. Ah, uh, there it is. Huang Flower Yeo. He is the definition of a fifth man because he's not in the starting lineup. Whenever they put him in, you go, my God, can anyone take them? No. The answer is no. Canada tried and they didn't even come close. So, yeah, surprise, surprise. South Korea took home the Overwatch World Championship and they're going to be in the Overwatch League as the SEAL Dynasty. Dynasty. That's their name. They already know what's up. And I find this hilariously ironic because they're going to be a dynasty like the Patriots in Overwatch League for a good four or five years, which is hilarious when Robert Kraft, owner of the Patriots, has the Boston Uprising, a team that is predicted not to do very well, quite frankly. So he's going to have to see how it finally feels to be on the other side of getting your ass whooped every year. Maybe he'll quit. Maybe he'll sell the team. Because he's so used to winning from the Patriots, he's like, bah, I don't want to lose. Could very well happen. It could very well happen, and Overwatch might be better for it. Anywho, there's a bunch of details that Blizzard released about the Overwatch Cup next year. And, alright, let's go over this. The start date is January 10th, as we all know. Matches will take place four days a week, Wednesday through Saturday. In addition... Teams will compete within divisions. The Atlantic Division will include the Boston Uprising, Florida Mayhem, Houston Outlaws, London Spitfire, New York Excelsior, and Philadelphia Fusion. While the Pacific Division includes the Dallas Fuel, Los Angeles Gladiators, Los Angeles Valiant, San Francisco Shock, who's going to come up later in this podcast, Seo Dynasty, and Shanghai Dragons. So, sorry to everyone in the Pacific Division, but we already know who's going to win that one. In any given season, each team will play 20 matches within their division and 20 outside of it for a total of 40 games. The top team within each division at the end of the regular season will automatically qualify for the postseason and get a bye in the championship playoffs. The postseason will also include the other top four teams in the league according to to their record, regardless of division. That's interesting. So basically, it's going to be a six-team playoff, and the top of the divisions are going to get in, they're going to get a bye, and then the other four teams are going to be whoever has the best records, no matter what a division. That's really interesting to me. Because that's very rare in sports. I'm very curious to see how that's going to pay off. So, that means if the Pacific Division has happens to have top five teams in the league overall, all of them are getting in. The playoffs of for 2018 will run from July 11th to July 22nd with the grand final taking place on July 26th through 28th. Perfect timing. Nothing going on sports-wise. There's no, you know, you're out of basketball, you're out of hockey, there's only baseball, football hasn't started up yet. Perfect. Perfect, perfect timing. In which the winner will get the inaugural championship trophy and a 1 million prize bonus. Whoo! This will then be followed by an all-star weekend in August. There will be numerous other prizes awarded throughout the season as follows. So, regular season pays some bonuses. First place, 300000 Second place, 200000 Third and fourth place, 150000 Fifth and sixth place, 100000 Seventh and eighth place, 75000 Ninth and tenth place, 50000 Eleventh and twelfth place, 25000 For a total of $1.3 million. Damn. 
Seems if you're going to get in this Overwatch League, no matter where you place, you're going to be getting a hefty payday. Camp Championship playoff bonuses. World Champion gets another $1 million. Runner-up gets $400,000. Third and fourth place, $100,000. Fifth and sixth, fifty. Total for $1.7. So think about that. If you win first place and the World Championship, you're getting $1.3 million. South Korea is about to get very, very, very rich. So... As for some of the rules uh, and structure regarding week-to-week play, Blizzard stated that each game night of the week will feature three matches, each consisting of four map sets, with a map pool for the season to be announced in the coming months. Finally, the regular season will be broken up into four stages, each consists of five weeks, with a ten-day break in between. Huh. Long buys. I like it. The significance of three stages is at the end of the final Saturday, there will be title matches where the top teams at the time will have a mini-seeded playoff tournament featuring a hundred... 25,000 prize pool. Damn, they're putting a lot of money into this. The way teams who might already be out of contention of the postseason can still compete in one of the stage tournaments. If their most recent five-week record is superior, none of these tournament matches will count towards the team overall record. Okay. So basically, you're going to have so many chances to win money throughout this whole thing, and this is a very radical way to build a league, in my opinion. Um, obviously, we're going to be keeping an eye on this very closely because I'm really curious to see how this is going to turn out. But this could be the groundwork for a league. This could be the groundwork for an esports league. So I think it would behoove everyone who likes esports to support this because if this takes off and it's very successful, a lot of other big games could start having leagues like this. And there's nothing about this league that makes me hate it except for the fact that uh, you might be able you know, South Korea is going to own it for the first couple of years, but once they start getting their feet in, it's going to, you know, it's going to be a lot easier. All right. So let's move on to the League of Legends finals. But first, we have to talk about the fact that the broadcast started off with a freaking dragon. Like a huge dragon. And no, there was a dragon. But it wasn't this dragon. Oh, man. My soundbite didn't work. Crap. Oh, there goes the joke. There goes the joke. Crap. I got to reset this. Okay. Let's try this again. Except it wasn't this dragon. Hang on. I almost caught the dragon. <laughs> you almost got me. You don't ever catch the dragon, Dad. No. No, I said. All right. Didn't get it the first time. The joke is still there. All right. So, what's funny to me is that the dragon was AR. <laughs> like, it was augmented reality. So, people at home are like, oh my god, there's a dragon! But the people who are actually in the stands watching like, what the hell is going on right now? Like, alright. I thought that was funny. So, in a highly anticipated rematch of SKT T1 versus Samsung Galaxy, SAT1 fell in a 3 0 sweep to Galaxy, who hoisted the trophy over their heads. And... When Galaxy hoisted that tro- trophy, they lost, like, the crowd lost it. It's the loudest I've ever heard an esports crowd. But, next segment, we're going to get into something that I noticed. And it's something that, that some publications have noticed, and I think it's something that needs to be discussed a little more thorough. So, we're going to come back with that. This is Level Up. It's time to level up on ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Now here's your host, Alex Lehu. 
faces, worn out faces. All right, all right, all right. Get that sad song out of here. Get that sad song out of here. I had to come in with a sad song because we're going to talk about emotions in this segment. I know, I know. People aren't supposed to like your emotions. You're supposed to ignore them. But gosh darn it. We need to talk about somebody who showed emotion over the league finals over this weekend. So, as we just discussed, Galaxy took home the league championship, but to me, there was something interesting. So, it was Lee Faker Sanhyuk, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but he is known as one of the best league players in the world, and he's on SKT, and... He's one of the most recognizable names in league. Like, people love him. And it's mainly because two years ago, ESPN did a massive profile on him. It was a big story. And one of his nicknames across the world is literally God. But he broke down. He was denied his fourth championship at the hands of the team that he handled last year. And he just broke down. And that's not something we see a lot in esports, in all honesty. We don't, the cameras cut away whenever they see players being emotional. But this was one of the first times where they caught it. They caught someone going, no, crap, I lost. I let these people down. I let my fans down. And that's a part of sports. A big thing that I like to discuss on the show whenever the topic of conversation comes up is how can esports become more like regular sports? And it's moments like these. You know, cameras all the time in sports go over to the losing team and get their reaction. They see how they're feeling. And normally, they're crying, they're upset, they're angry. It's a part of winning and losing. And in esports, they just kind of show the winner. They don't really show the loser and how they're reacting. And... This is one of the first times I've ever seen them do it. So, to me, we need more moments like this. We need to see the emotions of these players because when we see these emotions, that's what makes the watcher resonate with the player. That's what makes them go, oh, they're not just an esports player. They're a human like you or me. And it's the same when we watch sports, you know. Look at the Falcons last year. The Falcons, after the Patriots pulled that comeback last year, the Falcons were devastated. The Predators were devastated. Their fans were really, but the Predators were devastated when they lost to the Penguins. You know, go back to the other night. Hey, when Houston won, you could see on the Dodgers players' faces, they were devastated. You know, it's a part of sports and one of the things that esports does is that it just ignores the loser and this is the first time i've ever seen a loser emotionally break down in a championship and you can totally get why you know he's already won three sure but four would just cement more of his legacy and it was a team that he beat handily last year that just came in and wrecked him so I totally get it. It's one of those things where I think moments like this need to be shown more because you're going to get, you're going to bridge that gap with people who watch sports. You're going to have people who watch sports all the time go, oh, this is like regular sports. Sure, they don't have the physical ability, but it's, you know, the emotion is there. The stories are there. I mean, this guy was going for a fourth championship. 
The only time we've ever seen that in sports today is Tom Brady, and everyone hates him for it. And I'm sure there was people who were cheering. That's probably why the stadium was so loud when this team lost, because they probably went, oh my god, the king's been dethroned. They lost. And this kid probably isn't used to losing. So, I don't know. It's one of those things. I wanted to bring this up real quickly for a segment, a shorter segment, because to me, this is something that esports needs to do more. They need to bridge that gap that shows that, hey, we can be like sports too. And it's moments like these, this emotion, this raw emotion that can do it. Once again, congrats to Galaxy on the championship. Sucks for uh, sucks for XKTT1, but hey, you know what? You guys are gonna get. You guys are still getting paid a lot of money. Uh, you're probably both gonna be back next year, and um, yeah, you missed the dragon. That's all that sucks. You missed the dragon. Hang on, I almost caught the dragon. When we get back, we're gonna discuss some gaming news. There's not a lot this week. Not a lot, except my boy Sonic screwed up again. This is level up. Time to level up on ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Now here's your host, Alex Lehu. Just want to reiterate to people, there is going to be a separate podcast going up today, the same day as this episode. It'll be a review. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. The game that once again says to the AAA gaming studios, hey, single player games aren't dead. I'm going to get more into that in the review itself. But it's time for one of my favorite parts of the week. That's right. Get the Delfino Plaza. It's gaming news. Not a lot this week, but we're kind of in that period where all the game major releases are pretty much done now that Call of Duty's out. And uh, I want to make a shout out. I forget who made the joke, but whoever made the joke of Call of Duty servers being from 1942, A plus to you. I am going to play it today for the most part and finish up my review for next week. But from what I've played so far, you are not wrong. Uh, Very ironic to me that Call of Duty, this one at least, is doing better in the single player. And the multiplayer is a big bucket of ass. But we'll see. Sad news developer-wise, Torchlight and Hob developer Runic Games shut down last week. Uh, It was right after the episode got put up. Uh, Hopefully their staff are able to find new jobs quickly, as I do think... uh, from playing Hob that 
they are a talented group of developers. I really do think that. And it always sucks to me to see an indie studio shut down because I want indie studios to succeed. Because to me, the more indie studios that succeed, the more pressure it puts on AAA to make better games. So, sucks. But unfortunately, that's business. This is probably the most interesting story of the week. And as someone who's a trophy hunter like I am, boy, did this make me smile from ear to ear. Uh, PlayStation just made it where if you have a Sony Rewards account, it's very easy to sign up. Just go to SonyRewards.com and you link it to your PlayStation account. You can possibly earn uh, PlayStation store credit by earning trophies. Sounds insane? Let me explain. The idea is that if you get 10 Platinums, you get enough for a $10 PSN card. 25 gets you 250 points. Yeah, Sony Rewards works on a point system. So basically, you get 10 Platinums, it gives you 1,000 points, which is enough to get a $10 off card for the PlayStation Network. 25 Golds gets you 250, while 100 Silvers gets you 100. Intriguing. Very intriguing. Um, I kind of hope they would have grandfathered this, because I have... To my date, I've been a PlayStation player since 2010, and to my date, I have 71 Platinums. So, when I found out they weren't grandfathering it, I was like, damn it, I could have gotten 70 bucks of PlayStation credit. And probably more with, I haven't counting the golds and the silvers. So, I'm sure it's a lot of them. So, that's a cool idea. I give PlayStation total credit for that. It's hard enough that it's not going to be abused, but hey, if you're a hardcore trophy hunter, like I am to some extent... Cool little incentive. Cool little incentive to do more trophy hunting. So, uh, Injustice 2 is going to hit next week to the PC. I wanted to talk about this story because I wanted to warn PC players. If you're new to the PC gaming scene, you don't know how badly Warner Brothers Games treats PC. Uh, I can't recall one WB Games game that has had a successful non-buggy launch on the PC because what WB Games does is that they make their game the the studio that's the prime developer they make it essentially for console and then they outsource the game once it's done to be ported to the PC not uncommon it's actually a very common practice that's not the problem here the problem is is that WB Games picks the worst studios to do the ports so they usually end up a buggy, crashy mess. If you want a prime example, go look at the, how bad the release for Batman Arkham Knight was. Because when that launched on PC, it was like a perfect disaster. It launched like two or three days after Steam initiated the you can get your money back for a game if you want to return it within two hours. And I think like the returns on that port specifically were so bad that Warner Brothers actually pulled the game from Steam. Like they were like, we're losing money on this being here. No, we, we got to get it off. And they said they were going to fix it. And to this day, I don't know if they actually ended up doing it. Someone can correct me on that. But I do know that I think they released Arkham Asylum and Arkham City for free to anyone who bought Arkham Knight is like, hey, we're sorry. You caught us being crappy. Uh, so, I think there's some other examples, too, of WB Games not going well on PC. But I, I'm not going to say that's happening with Injustice 2. I would just say, be forewarned. Speaking of PC, uh, man, we got to talk about my boy Sonic. Sonic, come on, man. 
you gotta you you Sega, you gotta quit it with these bad PC botches. So Sonic Forces launched everywhere. I will have a review of it next week. Um so far from what I've played. I think I'm in the minority of liking it. I do. I I'm going to get more into it, but I am disappointed with aspects of it, but people saying like it's one of the worst games of the year. Nah. Nah, it's not even close. It's it's at least playable. It's just lazy, I guess is the best term for it. But anyway, uh the PC version of Sonic Forces did not launch very well. Uh, like Sonic Mania, it came with a bunch of bugs. It, it came with DRM, which I think did already get broken. Um, and I just, I, I can't figure it out. I don't know what it is. Sonic was primed to have a good year, and Mania really was the return we all wanted, and Forces looked like it was going to be, you know, it was going to take the good elements from Generations and Colors and mix it all together. That ended up not happening. Um, but you know, it's just another year of, as a Sonic fan, you go through highs and lows. Highs, lows, highs, lows. You're just used to it at this point. One day, I hope they can figure it out. I do think they have the people there that can figure it out. I think it's just a matter of, well, frankly, Sega letting them figure it out. Um, Mania was a step in the right direction, and I hope they learned a lot from Mania. And I hope they learned from this, too. It's not a bad game, but I hope they take the criticisms to heart about what could have made Forces better. We're going to go into that more fully next week. And that's kind of it for gaming news. Like I said, there's not a lot this week. Oh, wait. I forgot. We got one more story. Uh, I wanted to bring this up for a specific reason. So Resident Evil 7 Biohazard has sold 4.1 million copies as of September 30th, uh, as reported by Capcom. So that's good numbers. It's now tied with Monster Hunter 4, uh, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, Monster Hunter 4 Regular, and Street Fighter Turbo as the seventh best-selling game of all time for Capcom. Resident Evil 5 is the most with 7.2. Now, the reason I bring that up is because I don't want to see Capcom come out and say, well, Resident Evil 7 was a disappointment, well, that sucks, like... That's not disappointing numbers. That's great numbers. But the problem is, is that AAA wants every game to sell like 7 to 10 million units. The most infamous story being, I think it was the Tomb Raider reboot. The Tomb Raider reboot, they wanted to sell like 7.5 million units. I think they could sell 4.5. And Square Enix came out and was like, well, that was a disappointment. Jeez, this sucks. And I was like, your game still sell 4.5 million units. Like... Maybe if you guys did a balloon the budget with marketing or some other things, you could have... I, I mean, I'm sure they recouped their money. I'd be shocked if they didn't recoup their money. But it just wasn't as much as they wanted. And I don't want the same story happening with this. Capcom, those are very good sales numbers. They're very good sales numbers. And rightfully so, because Resident Evil 7 is a top 10 game of the year contender very easily. It's very good. It's a return to form for the series. And I can't wait to play Not a Hero in December. So don't look at that game as a disappointment. Don't let don't let the pie charts and the businessmen tell you that this game is a disappointment. This game is a win. And it's much better than Resident Evil 6. Take that to heart. Okay, next up. For our final segment, unfortunately, <laughs> I've had to talk about this subject a lot lately, and I gotta talk about it again because we had not one, but two stories 
that fall into the category of what happens when bad when sexual harassment goes awry. This is Level Up. It's time to Level Up on ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Now here's your host, Alex Lehu. Check it out. Yes, there is rap about respecting women, and that's Nas' uh, song "Daughters," one of my favorite rap songs of all time. And I wanted to come in a song. I wanted to come in with a song that represented respecting women because, unfortunately, we got to talk more about dudes who don't respect women. I hate doing this, but you don't fix a problem unless if you call it out. So. Let's start with the more serious story, and then we'll get into the funny one. And I know there's some people who say sexual harassment isn't funny. Uh, you might rethink that after this next one. So the first one is that a... Uh, man, Max Bateman, uh, who is the former manager of the San Francisco Shock in the forthcoming Overwatch League, he was fired after a girl accused him of sexual assault. She said that he roofied a drink that... Uh, he gave her, and yeah. We gotta quit this out in the video game industry. Like, this is the third week in a row I have to report on a story of a dude trying to pull some, you know, pull some crap over on a girl, and I hate reporting on this, but once again, it needs to be said. These guys need to be called out for being ass wipes because the problem isn't gonna get fixed until it does, and I'm a firm believer that, you know, it's great that girls are trying to fight for themselves, but at the same time, it's also on guys, too, to call out guys who are doing stuff like this, you know, because most of it is rooted in the idea of, oh, there's this toxic masculinity where guys have to prove to each other that they're better than each other, and I hate that. Guys, you know how we can prove we're better than each other? Look at guys like Max, call him out on his crap, drag him for it. And hope that he never does something like this again to a woman. You know, the rule I always have is that, you know, anything you say to a girl, anything you say derogatory to a girl, would you say that to your mom? Would you say that to a woman that's in your family? Or let alone, what if one day you have a daughter? Like, would any of this crap you say to a girl, would you say to you, could you say to your daughter to a straight face? Or how would you feel if someone said that to your daughter? It's just, it's insane to me that guys think so narrowly minded like this. And second of all, in today's world, that they think they could get away with it. You know, this stuff is so easy to catch now, thank God. And we're now living in a time where people look at women and go, yeah, you know what? Not all of you lie. In fact, most of you are telling the truth, and we should probably be on your side for telling the truth because you didn't do anything wrong. It's the guy that did something wrong. So Max got fired from San Francisco, rightfully so. Uh, good on San Francisco to fire him quickly. It was more of NRG because NRG has a zero-tolerance policy for this stuff, which, frankly, hey, NFL, you can learn from this. You know, a zero-tolerance policy towards any disrespect or harm towards a woman. Just a thought. You might be able to get some good PR if you have a no-tolerance policy on it. So, 
good, 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 good on San Francisco's, good on NRG, good to get this scumbag out of there immediately. Even if it is just an accusation. If it's not an accusation, okay, it gets proven in court and he can find another job. But more than likely, from the details that I'm reading and how vivid and detailed the girl is in her explanation, I'm going with she's telling the truth. And this guy, basically, he just, you know... All, he did the typical guy thing who's guilty of just a one-word answer and said, I didn't do it. You know, the typical, I, I've heard that excuse so many times over the last month. And then basically receipts come out and the guy has to be like, okay, I did it. I'm sorry. Now, dragon, do it. All right. Next story. This one admittedly is a little more funny. And this has to deal with Brian Capril St. Pierre. <laughs> Boy, boy, you screwed up with this. Uh, So he made a video calling Overwatch players smug and rude and basically saying, we need to be better, guys. We could be better people. Okay, great message. But, bro, if you're going to say this message, you might want to check your closet before you start calling out people for being crappy because guess what? Not days later, the internet dug up some facts on good old Kefril and found that he's cheated on his wife. He has sent very lewd and crude messages to girls at conventions. And (laughs) so this guy releases a video calling gamers rude and saying we need to be better people. And then not one week later, he has to release an apology video explaining that, yeah, I cheated on my wife. I'm sorry. Bro, why would you go calling out people in the first place if you knew you had skeletons in your closet? Like, you're just asking to get, you know, you're asking for that to be dug up. It's like if anyone in Hollywood right now is like, well, I'm not the person who's ever sexually harassed a woman. Like Ben Affleck. You Ben affleck yourself, bro. You Ben affleck yourself. You called, you you tried to make yourself look like a good guy and then people went, nah, nope. And it came and bit you in the ass. Like I said, sexual harassment isn't funny, but a dude like this who tries to be, you know, the good upstanding guy and then gets dragged for it because every, there's people who know, nah, no, you're not. I'm sorry. That hilarious irony that guys think they can get away with that is hysterical to me. It really is. And I know there's some people who might not like what I say that are now going to try to go on my social media or... or try to get stuff of hey has alex done anything bad guess what i can say with a code of with a vote of confidence in my heart and in my brain that you're probably not going to find a lot you might find some jokes from when i was in high school or college but it's all stuff that i would be willing to apologize for and say yeah you know what that was the past you know i'm allowed to grow as a human being and now Would I make that joke? Maybe. It depends on what it was. I bet you some of the stuff that you would find on me probably wouldn't even be that bad. But some people in today's society probably might take it that way. And it's a case-by-case thing where it might be, that might trigger something for someone. And I might go, okay, you know what? For you, I, you know, based on what you told me, I understand why that offended you. I'm not mad at you. And I get why you're mad at me. Move on. But for this guy to be like, I am the upstanding citizen. And just to get dragged and have to make an apology video. You Ben Affleck yourself, bro. You Ben Affleck yourself. Also, Justice League is probably going to suck. That ends for Level Up this week. I'm Alex Leahy. 
Check out the Wolfenstein review. Let me know how you feel about it. And we're going to be back next week. Black Friday is around the corner, and we got plans for that and Christmas season. I'm sorry, holiday season. I'm not letting the blowhards who think it's Christmas only win. Thank you for listening. Thank you to my executive producer, Brian LaMartina. And thank you guys once again for listening. You can find me. I know I just said that twice within five seconds, but I don't care. You can find me at the Head of Gamer on Twitter. Tweet me. Let me know how you feel about the show and about my specific gaming opinions. I got 280 characters now, so I can go off. This is Level Up. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.